0: the NFL podcast is still explaining to Mark what the gritty is from the Chris Wessling podcast studio it's around the NFL Dan Hans is here Greg Rosenthal Mark Sessler back from Indianapolis and yes the big news the big news is obvious Tomorrow, the Flashpoint series returns from hiatus. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well-timed. Flashpoint. Flashpoint.
1: Nothing else going on. Baker Mayfield. Got to
2: roll out a series that you could easily do in July. A series that we rebranded after one episode into a new uh, version of it.
0: Listen, people were concerned. The hiatus. How long does the hiatus last? Now, free agency starts next week. Does it go back on hiatus? Most likely. But just know that's the big news right now. <laughs> just it's struggling
2: str- to get out of the gate.
1: Just know <laughs> that we still have like new listeners, maybe someone who's never heard the Around the NFL podcast. Wow, what a good day to to check in. One of the biggest news days in
0: NFL history. And they've already clicked off. <laughs> Actually, they're like, whoa, <laughs> these guys are funny,
2: irreverent, different. I'm staying tuned. It's the other way to look at it uh, somewhere in the middle. I don't, I don't think we have them on that one. Holy shit. There's so much going
0: on right now. And we're going to get into all of it uh, because, yes, one of the biggest trades in recent NFL history has gone down. The Aaron Rodgers soap opera. Uh, that seems to be going on hi- hiatus for the time being, although you never know. Franchise deg- deadline is passing in 16 minutes exactly. And we're tracking it to the deadline. We're going to get to all of it, all the news. There was a dude that got suspended for gambling, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Going to hit that. Greg's got some against-the-grain takes on that, too. He's going to put it all on the line.
2: That's what I'm that's, waiting for.
0: That's,
1: news, NFL Network that's headquarters. news to me. But, yes, Calvin Ridley does feel like a bit of a D story now. It's After, like Greg's it –
2: That was like we were leading with that
1: 16 hours It's
2: ago. Greg's um, – Side hobby and deep obsession clashing with his desire to be a company man. All in one it story. It gets messy. It's going to be bigger, tough.
0: The bigger gambling gets, the messier it I've gets. Been,
1: I've been very careful. For Greg. Uh, since joining the NFL. And this news, I have to say, <laughs> made me happy of, of how careful I've been.
0: And uh, even though we have so much news to get to, yes, the last time you heard from us, we were in Indianapolis at the Combine. We don't know much. We're learning as we go along here. Uh, the prospect side of things, but you know who knows a lot? Shooky. Shooky's a rising star, rising talent here at NFL Media, and he had a great write-up on his all-combine team. Nick Shook, nice hook there, like that. So we're going to welcome in Shook in a bit uh, to talk that. But before we get to anything, yes, let's get to the huge news involving a certain somebody. Hey, Seattle, we got a deal.
2: (laughs) Go Hawks.
0: Go Hawks. Oh. Wow.
2: I, love,
0: I love the Russell Wilson smooth brother act. It's the
1: best. Like I nothing mean, beats it. I think I think it was Danny Kelly who said it. Maybe it was, maybe it was someone else that you know, he'll go down as one of the greatest players in Seahawks history and definitely the horniest. <laughs> Just like that's that's, he, that's been a big part of the Damn Russell Wilson experience
0: idiot. and I, I enjoy it. That was a social media clip from uh, when he signed his extension with Seattle in 2019 from his bed, yes, with his celebrity wife. Uh, and it was announcing that he was staying with the Seahawks. Go Hawks, baby. For the long term. But it turns out history had other plans. NFL Network's Tom Pellicero reported Tuesday he broke it that the Seahawks and Broncos agreed in principle on a trade sending quarterback Russell Wilson to Denver. The Broncos, for a massive haul, including multiple first-round picks plus additional picks and players, the full package, which also sent a fourth-round pick Denver's way, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, a fifth-rounder, the, the centerpiece of the trade, Drew Locke, defensive Stop. tackle Shelby Harris, and tight end Noah Fant, that from rap Sheet. Greggy, the trade is pending a physical, and Wilson, wa- Wilson waving his no-trade clause. Can't be finalized until the new league year next week. But it's happening, and it's a bombshell that rivals any trade in the history of this podcast, at least. In the history of
1: the NFL. Oh, he did it. Greggy, I, I mean, he's it, known for Mr., hyperbole, baby. Mr.
0: Mr. Unlimited.
1: <laughs> just in terms of where he is at his career, what it means for the Broncos, certainly what it means for the Seahawks, I just start where I've been over the last couple of years on this, that this was coming and that the Seahawks organization had a decision to make. Could they go with Russell Wilson or should they choose Pete Carroll? And all the 12s were in my mentions for the last couple of years. Oh, that's not about that. It's not it's not about choosing one another. It's not some sort of power struggle. That's not the, that's not the issue. I really think it was. I think Russell Wilson mm. made it clear he wanted out of Seattle a year ago uh, in January and he ended up getting out one year later, and that ultimately Paul Allen, their owner, died. Jody Allen, his sister, took over. It's a bit of an ownership vacuum, and Pete Carroll filled it. He has more power than anyone. So I don't want to hear anything about, well, is Pete Carroll really going to go through a rebuild? Pete Carroll made this trade. He wanted to do the trade. He felt the value was worth it. There's a million avenues to go through here, but he got such a good offer that he— believe now is the time and i'm going to prove them all wrong i'm 70 years old <laughs> uh, but debbie hansen still thinks i'm hot. i'm not going anywhere i'm going to try true. to compete this year and show that it's more about me and i'm going to try to compete next year it's not about rebuilding it's about making the seahawks better i think that's what he
2: believes is going to happen here that that may be what he believes uh and i don't dis- i don't disagree with you greg i think that you know we knew a year ago that there was this was the first chapter of quarterback discontentment Uh, that has spread across the league like wildfire, and it's paid off. I mean, Russell Wilson is probably somewhere he much would rather be at this point. So, I'm with you there. But if we're going to look at it from a pro Seahawks angle and say that Pete Carroll and, you know, you throw in John Schneider, who's picking up the phone at least, got what they called a transformational deal. I don't see this as that. Two firsts, two seconds, and Shelby Harris, that's a nice player. Noah Fant, big yawn. And and Drew Locke, a player that they were trying to get rid of, essentially, for the past two seasons, or at least lodges their backup. I don't know how this transforms the Seahawks. If anything, I think it takes the legacy of Pete Carroll and John Schneider and puts it into a bit of a dark abyss because now you're suddenly, essentially, last year's Broncos. Good team, nice parts, looking for a quarterback.
0: I, I think that is, to me, the biggest the biggest. Big picture viewpoint for Seattle now is that you went from having a Hall of Fame level quarterback who has probably anywhere between seven and 10, 11 years, who knows, left in the tank to joining that great underbelly of the NFL, the teams that are wandering, looking for their guy. And yet I I also understand why they did it. And I think there could be some middle ground here, Greg, with it's not necessarily just like P Carroll's is going to win. Or Russell Wilson was going to win, and only one could survive and move forward. I think Seattle, in their internal conversations, would not be surprising to me if they were like, we are kind of caught in between right now. And we have this guy who's getting paid at a, a huge premium at quarterback. We have a roster that's not near Super Bowl ready. We've made some mistakes. We made that Jamal Adams trade. That didn't work out for us, uh, giving away a lot of assets to get back a guy that has not been transformational on defense. Now we need to figure out what we want to do as an organization going forward. Do we try to figure this out with Wilson, or do we pull uh, pull the trigger on a trade that allows us to reset everything? And I think there's something to be said for that beyond just Carroll wins and Wilson loses or however you want to see this. I, I'm with you, and I'm someone that I, I feel I'm
1: a little caught in the middle here that I, I don't think it was the worst trade ever for Seattle. Is it going to work out? Probably not because they don't have a quarterback, but they have to make the picks count. I think what they got was significant. It People were saying, oh, it's basically the same as Jamal Adams trade, two ones. Well, no, you got two ones. Two twos. I like Noah Fant. I think that's a good young tight end. And a, and a player in Shelby Harris that can definitely help you. I, I don't care about Locke. To me, that's that's almost a net negative. But that's six players. That That's not nothing. That's different than the That's Jamal, a reset. That's Jamal Adams trade. But I think they're going to reset and try to use some of these resources to either draft the quarterback at nine. They now have the number nine pick from Denver. Or draft the quarterback s- somewhere else. Or use some of this cap space and use some of the room to go get a quarterback cuz I don't think they're going to try to rebuild. I think it says something about what they saw with Russell Wilson. And that that to me is the large a uh, big part of this equation. You said he's probably got, you know, seven good years left in him maybe. I I have my doubts. He struggled in the second half of 2019. He was very up and down in 2020. He is not a top-five quarterback to me, and I think if they believed he was a top-five quarterback that was going to age well, and he's someone that holds the ball forever and tries to rely on his athleticism to make those crazy plays, if they believed he was going to evolve and and have the rest of his career like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady did, I don't think they would make that trade. I don't think they quite believe that Russell Wilson was the reason why they've been good these
2: last five or six years. So it's A, it's a power struggle but B it aligns with their actual scouting thoughts it's on both. Russell Wilson. I it's, mean that would be that would be fortunate for the Seahawks that it isn't a power struggle well, it's turning both. into He's a annoying. bad decision. It's clearly for
1: them. it's an annoying process that he made it clear that he wanted out, but I think kind of like Aaron Rodgers you suck it up because he's Aaron Rodgers. And I think if Russell Wilson was Aaron Rodgers, he'd still be on the Seahawks, is my point. If he won the MVP the last two years, he's not an ex-Seahawk. He he hasn't been that great. I think that's part of the equation. That's all. We've talked
0: about this before on the show. I disagree with you heartily on that. I understand that he hasn't been as good in recent years. He also broke his finger last year or dislocated the finger, needed the surgery. So I don't know what to take out of the last uh, half of last season, even though he even played better down the stretch. I still think he's a, a star. I think he's I agree. a superstar potentially still. And that's why you give it up to Broncos general manager, Broncos general manager, George <laughs> Payton, because this is the swing. Obviously, they had their eyes on Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to get to Rodgers in a minute. That wasn't in play, and he picked up the phone and aggressively got the guy. And I just think if you're the Broncos – and you're Broncos fans, you're over the moon right now because you've been, you got the Super Bowl 50 win with Peyton, but it's been really tough sledding at quarterback, and you know that roster is locked and loaded. And if Russell Wilson is more the guy I think he is, uh, Mark thinks he is, um, I still think he's a, an
1: above average, maybe okay, borderline but, top 10 quarterback. I just don't
0: think I mean, you pu- people put him okay. because
1: his, he's so famous in that top shelf. Like, no, he's not Justin Herbert. He's the third best quarterback
2: in this division. He's the
0: transformational
2: part of this trade.
0: I think he is a potential still top five quarterback in the league, personally, and you take him and you fill the biggest area of need on your team and you are flying now. And don't be surprised when Von Miller now comes back to Denver because that's kind of how the league and sports seems <laughs> to work now. People like to build super teams. Denver just became a legit contender in the AFC. And what and I don't care about anything else down the line. They are now they have a chance to win the Super Bowl, a very real chance and it's a home run trade to me for that reason.
2: I lived in Denver for years. I've got friends from Denver who are tweeting and it's like I look at this look at the reaction from both fan bases. I get that fans maybe can gloss over things so can we at times, but it's like the Denver Broncos fan base reaction says it all to me. They were a pretender last year. And I, you know, we're not going down the Teddy Bridgewater road, but the non, you did not have the quarterback in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, the best division in the AFC. You're now locked and loaded as a real contender. Somewhere Vic Fangio is saying, what the F? Because where, <laughs> where was I when all this happened? They should rehire but him as the defensive coordinator. That would be great. That doesn't happen in these days. But if you're Nathaniel Hackett, I do wonder – You're very close to Aaron Rodgers that maybe he tipped off Nathaniel Hackett at some point and said, bro, this ain't happening. Mm. Go chase something else because they were right on this Russell Wilson deal two hours after the Aaron Rodgers news that was so-called secret. Well, if anything,
1: though, I think that says that they were still hanging around and they they put it out there through their insiders to make the PR of it all work better that one thing had nothing to do with the other. I don't buy that. I do totally buy that they've been – in these trade talks for the last two weeks, setting up this deal, hoping to get it done. And if, if it could get done, great. But the timing of it clearly indicates they were still holding out and seeing what was up where they are in Rodgers. They didn't want to make Russell Wilson feel like he was the second option. Why should they? I think all these things can be true. I agree with you guys that it's a home run for Denver. Like, you got to make this move. To me, it's just more he's Matthew Stafford. Like, I I put him in that tier, and it's worth it to go get a Matthew Stafford when you're stuck in the middle or the below the middle at quarterback, which they were. Like I, I'm not doubting as much but as I like upside, Teddy. It's there's more
0: I think, with Russell than even Stafford. It's, I,
1: it's similar. It's in the same ballpark. and younger yes, also. You still got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Albert... I don't know where we settled on this. Albert O. Albert O. Yeah. I know, we settled. I thought I had it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. but then they changed it. Yeah, Okwebanom. Okay, 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 yeah. just, oh just don't. Just don't. But just here's ruined a, the you're just going up. Javante Williams, that is an awesome offense. I don't know if the defense is going to be good as good as the names look like because we just don't have Vic Fangio
0: there anymore. But the offense should be Here, incredible. Like the, is,
2: that's that's the point that the Broncos did not give away pieces that would strip away right, from that, Russell Wilson. That's what
0: surprised me when I heard. Hmm. Oh, multiple first round picks and players. And when it ended up when it ended up being Shelby Harris, no offense and Drew Locke, I was like, oh, really? Because I could have swore Jerry Judy, maybe John Williams, maybe Sutton, one of those guys at least has to go back. So the fact now that Wilson goes and joins this offense that has remained intact after the deal, that makes it even more exciting. If you're a Broncos fan, it's a good player, though. I mean, at times he's looked like. But who's his quarterback? No,
1: I get Gino it. Smith? I'm just saying you can't... Is it Gino time, Greggy? To me, he is a starting <laughs> defensive end. He's, it was a first-round pick for a reason with a ton of potential. He's not nothing. Like, to me, him and Javante Williams, for instance, have a similar value. The difference is he's on the fourth... the What, the fourth year of his contract. Shelby Harris is a nice player. I, I, uh, I'm with you guys. Though. As much as I'm like... I'm not making the case for Seattle. I'm just trying to explain, I think, why it happened and why they thought it could make sense. And because of... Because of the way that they've run their organization the last handful of years, it would not surprise me if they figure some things out this offseason and are in the mix even without
2: Russell. Well, how about this? In the mix, potentially, for Deshaun Watson. you got ammunition now finally to do that. In the mix, if you want to be spicy, go take Malik Willis at number nine. And and don't go settle for a quarterback like a Drew Locke or fill-in-the-blank that automatically has the fan base asleep at the wheel. You cannot come out of this with a dull option under center. Bad
0: Bad timing, by the way, for Geno Smith to show his whole ass in that DUI arrest. Well, Pete Carroll said at the
1: combine Never that they, they were that, planning yeah. to bring him back, that they wanted him back. Although I have to admi- <laughs> admit, I can't imagine uh, a Drew Locke-Gino competition, so I think Russell leaving might
0: have been Geno's <laughs> anybody, gig. Anybody happen to check out the police report on that Geno Smith arrest? It's a little worse than you might imagine. Uh, anyway. I, I do quickly
1: have just – A little bit of doubts just about how Hackett has succeeded in the NFL is with a quick passing, timing offense Uh where you you get rid of the ball quickly. Plant those seeds at that, Greg. All I'm saying is that's that's where he made his name, whether it's in Buffalo with with Tyrod or certainly with Aaron Rodgers. And that's just not, that's the opposite of what Russell Wilson is.
2: Well, he He is. He is a
1: whole. they have tried to bring in West Coast style offensive coordinators, and always the coordinator got blamed as a bad fit. Like, I just feel like Russell We're Wilson. going to stress
0: about that? Great. No, I'm not. Good, they adapt. They'll but adapt I'm just to trying talent. to,
1: like, spin it forward to thinking about this season and what their offense is going to look like. And that's not a Russell Wilson that we've seen succeed. And I think that's what they tried to do with Shane Waldron. I mean, it's very similar in terms of the offense that they tried to run.
2: And he, he had some ups and downs. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett came. To the razor's edge of becoming a hip hop dance instructor, he say <laughs> he strikes me as versatile. I think he can shit he can move some things around in this offense. I think he needs the to. big
0: takeaway, at least from the studio right now, the Chris Wrestling Podcast Studio, is Greg is insinuating that Russell no. Wilson might be Mister Limited. No, in Denver.
2: Well, I think you've been saying something along those yeah. lines for a while.
1: Not unlimited. I'm just limited saying there's this feeling that I don't it's like- see him rebranding that. <laughs> that he's this, you know, transcendent, top of his game guy. He is turning thirty-four. I, I'm excited though. Every one of these AFC West games is going to be in prime time.
0: Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr.
2: Right. Greg has this as like the Herschel Walker deal <laughs> part two. That is I, not I, true. I completely think this is a win for an organization that for years we've been killing them. A They had Russell Wilson in their building pre-draft and took Brock Osweiler instead. In a way, poetically, John Elway, you know, he's up in the sky spiritually. He's he's here. here. I mean, he's not part of, he's not the day-to-day part of the organization, but probably still making like high, you know, seven figures. But- They've got Russell Wilson back, the guy that beat them in the Super Bowl, and this is a team that went for it in a division where had they not, they would have been dead fodder.
1: I think it's it's win-win and the Broncos win more if you have
2: to pick one. I'm not trying to take the other side. I'm saying... What like, percentage of Seahawks fans think that, you, that it is also a win for Seattle right now? No one. A team that they just have... tweeted out the castaway uh, meme <laughs> like, of Tom Hanks is... looking for Wilson, the volleyball. You like, know, we've you been tracking this.
0: this for many years john schneider's not getting this right we've been tracking this for many years these 24 year old social media intern running the team accounts that boy or girl when has he ever seen castaway and castaway wilson floats away uh, on the sea and tom hanks screams in agony that was his only friend on the island You literally gave away this, Wilson. Right. So it just doesn't even work, like, logically. Plot-wise, it's a
2: disastrous tweet, because it's like you you clearly have not even tracked how that film operated. You know what else
0: is a disaster? Uh, Ricky, play Pete Carroll at the Combine last week.
2: We have no
3: intention of making any any move there. I just... I
0: I, I like that we get to go to the Combine and hang out with our friends and eat steaks and everything and drink booze. But... (laughs) Uh, th- these interviews with the coaches and the GMs. I mean, there's so much smokescreen and we're we're reporting on it. We're trying to sift through it. But they they shot it down like the idea. of. A well,
1: he, they said we have no intention and they choose these words carefully. And my old boss, Mike Florio, wrote about that like that. That's the way of saying that is the way of saying and I don't know why they even bother that. Like, you can't say that I was lying before because we didn't have any in- intention. But that was a but lie, But someone too. else was coming. Right. That still they, was a lie. They also yeah. did
2: turn down the Washington Commanders, who reportedly were going to send high picks over the next three years. Maybe a better deal oh, in, I, in whole than this deal from Denver.
1: But they didn't have a choice because Russell Wilson had a no-trade clause, and Russell Wilson, I think, ultimately chose the Denver Broncos over – the Washington commanders, if if they were getting better value, what do the Seahawks care about it? But Russell Wilson had a say in this, and that's to his credit, to his agent's Well, that also takes the shine off the of
2: Pete Carroll winning this power struggle when it came down to maybe taking the lesser deal because Russell Wilson and wife want to stay on what is essentially the West Coast to some degree. I think the Seahawks
1: made a huge mistake not blowing – You know, when you say rebuild – here's how they should have rebuilt. Nice geography pop there. I like it. Well, it's not the West Coast, but, I mean, there's well, a mountain. to some
2: degree. to some To some you degree, closer than
1: to, to Washington. They should have gotten rid of Carroll and Schneider to start this offseason, and they should have committed to Russell Wilson. If I was running the Seahawks, that's what I would have done. I'm, I'm not trying well, to— Well, you
0: also would have released Russell Wilson outright. But, yeah, you're no. not You're not a Russell Wilson fan <laughs> I'm not, at the same time. So. My point
1: is, once they already went down that road that they're keeping Carroll and Schneider, it's sort of, as Dan was saying— didn't make sense as as Carol was saying, it didn't make sense. What a time to be alive.
0: Wow. All right. We have so much more to get to. Let's take a break and then continue with the news. All right, we're back. Aaron Rodgers. This is all, you know, dominoes. So the Broncos reportedly hot for Aaron Rodgers, had their quarter had the quarterback coach Um. Broncos did now as their head coach, and it seemed like a nice fit. But Aaron Rodgers uh, decided to stay home, so Denver pivoted. Here's the details. Green Bay has agreed with the 38-year-old Rodgers on a four-year extension worth $200 million, including $153 million in guaranteed money, Rapsheet Sheet reported Tuesday. The deal makes Rodgers the highest-paid player in NFL history on an annual basis while also reducing his salary cap number for two thousand twenty two. So the long saga that's built up forever. Uh, it feels like forever, but it's really been about a year and a half uh, comes to some type of close. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, uh, came out after the Russell Wilson story blew up. He got on Twitter and said, hey, 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 just so you know, the specifics of the contract monetary wise, uh, it's not accurate. And i but I'll say I'm happy to be in Green Bay, to which I say Aaron Rodgers. No, just I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> all right. We're Ricky on fire. Um, I like the first one. <laughs> yeah, I right. think there was yeah. a lot more going on there. <laughs> you actually thought that I wanted, I didn't kill my wife?
3: Well, because you say that all the time. You always say that. So I thought it would right, be a nice tie in, but the I don't care.
0: Right. But I thought I made it clear in our instant message what I wanted, just that one line. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of, okay.
3: I think she added to the show
0: on some,
2: well, she added to the overall show. I I didn't
0: kill my wife. (laughs) 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 Anyway, let's get back on track. Ricky, by the way, is not going to be with us next week. Ricky is going to be in Cancun during free agency. Well, that
2: news passed like a buzzsaw through the studio prior to our kickoff here. Uh, this is like the fourth year in a row she's been on a tropical island during the off season's uh, most busy uh, week. Um, you can't
3: talk to me like that. It's International Women's Day today. OK, i I'm happy for you. No, I'm extremely it's jealous. Okay. It's fine. You don't appreciate women. the best part was. Like, well,
2: all right. That Erica, when we're,
0: you know, I was trying to talk to her, I was kidding on the square a little bit. I was like, Erica, we want you for free agency. week. We want you in the studio. It's important. And she's like, no, you don't care who's behind the glass anyway. It's like, what does that mean? You're a producer, Ricky. And we love Grave Digger and Stapleton and the whole gang, but you're a producer.
3: That's Dara. true. Yeah. No, I will send you guys a lot of ideas from okay. from the beach. Yeah. you will. By
0: the way, Greg is disgusted about this. So yeah, he well, told yeah, me not it. to go.
3: Yeah, yeah but that were, was like three weeks ago. That right, was, you
0: had a conversation. She mentioned it to you, and you said, "Don't go." Yeah. And then what'd you do? She went.
3: Very defiant. <laughs> I haven't gone yet, but it's the only time that we can go because no, Jet don't hear only has this week. We don't, we don't want to hear it. This week so. doesn't matter. The, those
0: specifics for our show don't matter.
3: I'm gonna get my nails done. What if she proposes?
0: Oh. is that how it goes? You're I don't not know. Proposing maybe to her? That's, I don't know. That's what it is. Maybe. Hmm. I thought you were gonna be doing maybe that. Maybe. Hmm. Right, if here's the thing. You better come back with a ring. <laughs> yeah, they are they're Exactly. If, if you the don't idea. come back with a ring, if you come back with a ring, you're absolved. Off
2: the kit. Ca- yeah.
0: If nobody's wearing a ring, it's going to be a major issue behind the scenes for the
2: show. Okay. And and the upshot will be will, will be upset, she'll be upset and she'll go to Cancun again next year at this time. I mean, this <laughs> is, it, it has to be half a decade in a row.
3: Well, I was c- going to try to do Cabo to see if I could like get any stories, you know, what breaks breaks I can't. in the off
2: season. <laughs> we're explode. we're Let's are, move on. we are beyond that topic. <laughs> anyway,
0: He is back. Aaron Rodgers, four years with the Packers. All's well that ends well. He did play the game ultimately in a savvy manner, even if he turned most of the public against him over the past 24 months.
2: Well, he also called it at one point a categorical uh, lie or mistruth that he was seeking to become the highest paid quarterback. I'm not going to listen or believe anything anyone says ever again at this point in this sport because that was absolute (laughs) nonsense this worked for him the same way things worked out for Russell Wilson. Be upset, be hyper-annoying, and we'll, ha- we'll, you know, we'll tag along with your melodrama for a year plus until this thing caps essentially in Aaron Rodgers' favor. And the other domino to fall is that Devontae Adams now sticks around as well on the tag.
1: The, the, the tweet, to me, speaks to what was annoying about this whole process that Aaron Rodgers just sent out. He said reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate. Actually, no one reported that you signed the contract. Said a contract was agreed to. So you're mm. you're throwing in a falsity, you know, Nailed falsehood, uh, and you've done that before. As are the supposed terms of the contract. I quote <laughs> signed. I'm very excited to be back. Uh, where, where do you think those terms are coming from? Where do you think uh, an agent is putting out like those terms to advertise? What a great deal that he got! You think it's the team? You think the team wants to advertise how much money they're paying you? No, they don't. They're we've frankly, redefined
0: the quarterback market and paying you more than anyone's right. ever been frankly, paid. Look at us! They're <laughs>
1: embarrassed. They're they're gonna have to answer to a lot of Packers shareholders, uh, you know, who who got that free free sweet piece of paper uh, and gonna see Hanging that ticket in the price. living room. <laughs> Ultimately, he probably was never going anywhere, and they used the Broncos well for to maximize every bit of leverage this off season. And that's fine. That's all players do that. All agents do that. It some media members participated a little more actively than others in really making the Broncos believable over the last week. But if you kind of noticed the big names really didn't. And I think that was telling. Is Mm -hmm. it, is it
2: there any concern that, you know, it talked about him going away and meditating and thinking for hours on end about the fact that maybe I'll just retire. Like we've talked over and over about it. if your head is where half in the space of I might walk a year away ago from the I would have bought
1: that. But I think after this last year it was so clear he was all in. Like I think you, it was all
0: know. I thought it was all bogus this whole time. I think I, he was, I mean I then
2: I am going off of what, what Ian was tweeting, saying that there was serious consideration on, about all things on the table. By A, one of them I might leave the team that I'm now sticking around with saying how much I love Green Bay and all this and other ultimately, stuff. Ultimately
0: what did it come down to? Money. Uh, they paid me 50 million a year, whatever it comes down to. So I am back until I'm 42 years old, unless I win another MVP and they annoy me and then I'll cause some more ruckus in about a year or so. Don't rule it out. This is the person we're dealing with at this point. The one thing, the only thing you could say about Rogers, yes, he got everything he wanted in the end. He's still on a loaded team. He's better paid than anyone else in the history of the sport. But I do think he did take a hit in the, in public opinion over a lot of his as much as any athlete actions. in
2: the past year.
0: And but some not of because it, of the contract, some of it w- much. Well, listen, uh, there are a lot of people. Mark and I are, are among that, those people that had a lot of issues with Rogers before the fake vaccine stuff went down, just the way his general vibe and how he had kind of changed in some ways in terms of how he how he was front facing with the public. And it wasn't always flattering. I, it's all none of it matters, ultimately. And I don't care, as Tommy Lee Jones said, because he's under contract. I don't care about the money. He's sticking there. Devonte Adams is tagged and this is still a Super Bowl contender, but a team that chokes in January. And that's something else for another conversation.
1: And now they can operate this offseason with some clarity. We don't know what the salary cap number is going to be. It's going to be less than the forty six million he was scheduled for, presumably a lot less. And they're going to franchise tag. They did franchise tag Devontae Adams. And so you're putting that on that contract negotiation. I think it's going to be very difficult, near impossible uh, to figure out over the next uh, four or five months. He could hold out. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until about the what the third week of training camp, something like that, just because that's how things yeah. go. Zedaria Smith, Preston Smith. Jair Alexander might get a contract extension. Those, those, the Smith brothers could get cut. Like a lot's going to be happening with Green Bay in the next. Well, week. that
2: said, if we want to say that shareholders with their piece of paper on the wall are going to be slightly miffed that the front office pulled the trigger on this, no, that was, was a joke. They're all yeah, happy. Yeah, I mean, they're, give me. A, all, I mean, the I other option joke. is now didn't, you're sitting there with Jordan Love. You could work. maybe trade Jordan Love away to someone at this point too.
0: Yeah, at, at twenty cents on the dollar, Ricky wanted to come in with a point. Should. Should we let her come in? Of course. It's National course. Women's Day. So, oh, I mean, of you know course. What? And the chance Inter- that there's still ring International.
3: International of all countries. Okay. So now I remember why I included the I didn't kill my wife, not only because you say it all yes, the time right. pre show, which, sure. you know.
0: I screamed it at the holiday party. You, yeah. yeah,
3: you scream it a lot, actually. Yeah. Next to my wife. And But then I was thinking, because when we were talking about that, right. Aaron Rodgers tweeted this because I think he was really pissed that the Russell Wilson news had taken over every oh, channel. Yeah. I buy that. So I think in that okay. little minute where he's like, I didn't kill my wife, and he's like, I don't care. I right. was putting that bit together. Mm. Number one, to the tie-in. Number two, <laughs> because it's like, Aaron Rodgers, no one cares that you tweeted that. Okay. So I just wanted to defend myself. All right,
2: Erica. It's like an Unsolved Mysteries (laughs) update right there. Very, uh, you know.
0: I see what you're saying. Thank you. you It's like a
1: comedian explaining a joke he never said.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right, Greg. I'm so glad you're a comedian and know exactly what's going on
2: all the time. (laughs) All right. Actually, keep going. I'm enjoying that. (laughs) Uh, So there you go. Rogers.
0: uh, And, yes, Jordan Love is a former first-round pick. And people are like, I saw on Twitter, some a couple of things that I didn't like on Twitter. One, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he only cares about money. Now they won't be able to build or Shut up. I mean, this is a business. He got paid. He deserves it. He's one of the top five quarterbacks ever, and he's off back-to-back MVPs. They'll make it work. Have you noticed the salary cap? It's way up this year. Two, people say, oh, the Packers, they blew it on Jordan Love. Yeah, I guess so. They did. They took a first-round pick at quarterback a couple of years ago, and now it looks like he's never going to play a meaningful snap for them. Uh, But you know what? If the reason it didn't work out is because Aaron Rodgers won two straight MVPs, hey, you live with it and you move on.
1: I totally agree with you. And Brian Gutekunst has made incredible draft picks. That's the thing. Like, go through the rest of that first round. There's a lot of wasted picks. None of them uh, got uh, Aaron Rodgers as fired up as Jordan Love to go win a couple MVPs. And if they can trade him, maybe you recoup a a third – Round
0: pick. I like I like the idea that the love pick, and there's actually a lot of logic to it, made Rodgers
2: better. Yeah, I think, like, Goody is a master of. I don't think it hurt. Of, I, don't I don't
0: think
3: I, it I hurt. Feel. No,
2: he's like a master of psychological warfare. It changed. I mean, it, it, they still lost, you know, two straight January playoff games. I mean, everyone, like, wants to to get on them. Oh, they could
1: have taken this or that. Okay. And they, like, the, of course, choose the best players. This is just a sample. Here are the the rest of the first round after Jordan Love. The other first round picks that were taken uh, behind Jordan Love. Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, Isaiah Wilson, Noah Igbunagany, Jeff Gladney, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. There you go. I'm just saying. What else needs to be said? It's like, come on. I mean, it gave us one of the more annoying dramas of our entire lifetime. (laughs) I mean, among other things. Two of those guys aren't even in the league anymore, which is that's hard to do for a first round pick after
0: two years. That's a toughie. Um, All right, in other news. So, those are the two huge stories, two of the biggest stories we'll get all year uh, happening in the same morning. So, there you go. Big story yesterday that now feels like it happened about 10 years ago. Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games during the 2021 season. The NFL released a statement on Monday announcing the suspension saying that the receiver gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November 2021 when he was on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. Uh, Ridley, as you may remember, stepped away from the NFL Uh, in late October saying he needed to get his personal life in order. Uh, Ridley tweeted on Monday that he bet $1,500 total and quote, I don't have a gambling problem. And, uh, you know, this is a thorny issue for the league because on one hand, yes, people that are going hard and saying Calvin Ridley's getting screwed here and it shouldn't be this harsh a penalty. I can't get behind that because, at the end of the day, the, the game and the integrity of the game, I'll put air quotes on it if you want, that's that's Tanama, That's so important to the league. And so, yes, if a player is betting on the NFL, you have to come down hard on the guy. But there is this other part of it that gambling, the NFL has now opened up its gates to gambling, and now it's all around the league. And it's fair to wonder if there could be more of this because now – Sports betting is no longer separated by a wall. It's legal. What happens next? Yeah, it's legal.
1: It was legal in the past, and now it's legal. So that that's pretty different. And yet, my my response to everyone pointing out the NFL's hypocrisy, which exists, was okay. So what what's your solution? Like, what would you do? Right, not suspend them. That's and right. so I guess they're saying, like, have less of a suspension. But every time in the history of the NFL a player has been caught gambling on a game, they've suspended them for a season going back 60 years. One of the big, it, one of the biggest stories in NFL history, and it's one that I always think, like, wow, that story would be crazy now, is when Paul Horning and Alex Karras got suspended for a year. That was the MVP of the league, Paul Horning, in an all-pro defensive tackle. So it would be the equivalent of, you know— Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald getting suspended for a league uh, year for gambling. They got suspended. Uh, some guy you never heard of, Josh Shaw, got suspended a couple years ago. Remember that? For, never played it's again. It's like, it, what do they got What's the op? I guess what's the alternative? You can kill them for
2: getting into business with gambling, period. But that's been going on now for a season, and that's not going away. Yeah, they strike me as two separate things because, yeah, we can critique the NFL's um, lust for money and their lust to get into bed with gambling houses left and right and do what they're doing with fantasy football and all that else. Secondly, to your point, back in 1963 is when Horning and Karras were suspended. It has been crystal clear as day to players, coaches, and league employees that you don't gamble on football. It's like you, th- there's no wiggle room there. Go so in any
0: stadium in the league. It's plastered on the walls. Like, you it. They're taking symposiums. Yes.
2: They're teaching players. Like, I don't care if you ever did this in the past. You don't do it here. It's like you have a special position inside the NFL. You don't do it here, and so I think Greg, you nailed it. Like, what is? Is there a middle ground where like we allow players to bet on this or that? No, because then uh, it creates all sort of visual. Is- like, they're already tweeting out plays of him, Calvin Ridley, where so it looks like he's running in reverse and doing all this stuff. So to you know, I, I agree that it's stupid. But it's like, why even put that out there um, as a possibility? Um, yeah,
0: I'm wondering if the league's plan internally is make an example of Ridley and then step up our communications with the players on why this will never fly and can never fly. But other than that, there's not much the NFL and can they do. caught him.
1: Like, it's not like he's the yeah. first player to ever gamble on sports and there haven't been many that have been caught, but they caught him, you know, because he did it through a league partner who reportedly reported it to, you know, uh, an agency within the league that, that investigated it, and, th- and that was it. So, It shows that you can get caught. I do think it opens up. You can get caught, right? It it opens up some questions for people that work within that close to the league. Like players can't bet, right? And league employees can't bet, but journalists can bet. And journalists have a ton of information. (laughs) And I, I think it's a little bit of a Pandora's box that like, partners of the NFL at every other media company are freely allowed to bet and they have a ton of information and then there's a lot of other ancillary people who are c- close to those companies or that work with NFL teams and also have information I can think of a lot of different examples of way that ways that you could profit and I I do think that's something worth thinking about because in the in the UK and places where they've embraced gambling at stadiums wholeheartedly they've actually, amped up regulations after having uh, a lot of problems in the last decade or so. And I think that you,
2: you don't want to go down that road. I think the other place that it looks really off-putting to people, and I, I, I agree with this, is that we're still in a really weird place with issues like domestic violence, where a player gets four or six games, and then this was an automatic, strict, one-year indefinite ban, if more than a year potentially. I think that looks weird to people because it's like, is, is what he did worse than that? No. But the NFL's been in a muddled place with their punishments and handing down uh, authoritative punishments for years on that front.
0: Do you want to know what the bets were?
2: Yeah, I mean that was the
1: thing. He definitely. Uh, this is what I thought. Greg probably these got are bad bets. He, yeah, <laughs> He definitely confirmed that he wasn't like a gambling addict. He, he just placed multi leg parlay bets
0: involving three, five, and eight-game. Greg, an eight-game parlay. That is that is out of this world, <laughs> isn't it, within the industry?
1: I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what, what are the chances i hitting industry. on that? Uh, there are certain types, Spice Racks, one of them, uh, who are all about parlays, and you do. Eight? But you wouldn't be doing the way he did it, which is just like put down three bets. Th- these types of people are doing like, you know, a hundred different parlays hoping to get a couple hits and they do different variations on it. But, yeah, it probably didn't make a lot of sense.
0: And then I saw some people on Twitter with the old Pete Rose defense. Well, he never bet against the Falcons. Just can't do it. You can't do it. Don't do it. It's a a murky issue, and it's getting more complicated seemingly by the month with the NFL. But Ridley. I do
1: think it's interesting, though. Like, you can be an
2: insider. You you can be anything,
1: and you can bet –
2: I mean, I, I sense Greg is sort of turning green with jealousy that in any other <laughs> you know, media house that he worked for, he could be doing this. So
0: We can't even step inside a sports book no. as NFL employees during an NFL season. No.
1: Like, for instance, th- we just had the comment. We'll talk to Shook about it soon. Yeah, you know, about all, three hours. Yeah. All the times were really fast, right? right? And we found out during the combine that, it, and you, you probably could have found this out in a totally legal, normal way, Previously, if you if you had your ears on the ground, that they had changed the turf there in 2020, and so it was a fast track. It was a different track. Like imagine, like if you had that information, <laughs> mm. you you could have changed, you know, changed your life. And that, I did, I think there is some things to that uh, that's going on with this gambling stuff that is problematic.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to speed up here. we got Chucky coming up, as we said. There's a report out there. ESPN's David Newton reported that the Panthers would, quote, consider trading Christian McCaffrey for a first-round pick and another player without a big salary cap number. Uh, this, <laughs> this would be in contrast to Carolina's vision of McCaffrey last offseason when they gave the star running back a contract extension. But then McCaffrey went and missed the past two years, more or less, Twenty three games over two seasons with a variety of injuries. Uh, It basically shattered Carolina's offense. And yet, boys, I do think and I know everybody says, uh, Mark, it's bad business to, to dedicate a lot of money to the running back position and all that. If the deal was right and and Carolina was more in a place of I want to get out from under this contract and you could kind of work them down a little bit in terms of what their asking price is, I think McCaffrey at 26 years old could be a huge guy that you could bring on a bounce-back year. There's risk, obviously, on the contract and the injuries, but this dude is super talented and can help transform an offense. He is
2: super talented when he's on the field. He's missed 23 games over the past two seasons. He costs a ton of money, so for me it's not – like, hey, this is our version of getting Matthew Stafford. I think if you're the Panthers, you, if you're Matt Rule, you inherited some of this, and they are a team and they keep failing at this quest that are heat-seeking a franchise quarterback. They have been mentioned in the Deshaun Watson scenario as well. It's like their idea of freeing up money makes sense for what might be a bigger move down the stretch. I, 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 would, not, mm. I would not really, if I were a fan of a team... Hope that they would chase after Christian McCaffrey. I, I saw that you were into that, Dan. I'm not as into it as you are. I think you could draft a running I, back and be fine at that position. I know
0: everyone, because I understand, I'm not saying this is you, Mark, but the everyone's kind of now bought into this idea that running back doesn't have a lot of value and all that. But I think that McCaffrey is one of those exceptions that if you get him healthy, he could transform an offense. I think he is a Hall of Fame talent, um, as you've seen with him having a 2,000, uh, 1000 1, season. He's still young. There is risk involved, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't look past it if the guy was floated. In I just think like his
2: durability is as big of a red flag as Saquon Barkley is waving out there. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, I
1: would definitely rather have Christian McCaffrey. I'd rather give up a two, let's say, for McCaffrey than anything for Saquon. But he, he's also the example of why you don't give the money to running backs because he's played ten games in the last two years. I mean, it's totally. Hamstrung their team,
0: right? If you, if your people think or you decide that his body's breaking down, obviously you run from it. Or if you see it's more been a little bit of bad luck that he's run into back to back years, then maybe you're, you're talking excited. like a Super Bowl right, contender
2: where this is a tipping point move and he comes in they, and lights up the offense. They're putting it out yes. there. I mean,
1: this, the just the fact this report exists to me was very telling and interesting that they aren't looking to unload him, just like the Seahawks aren't looking to unload Russell Wilson. Uh, but they would consider if they got a first and another player i don't think you're getting a first and another player for christian McCaffrey but could you get could you get a two I, or could you get uh, a two and another player could you get a late first maybe like a future late first maybe I could see that happening and it, and it just indicates that they are open to trading christian McCaffrey and that it very well could could happen by the way I just googled christian McCaffrey looking for the original report do you know what the first uh, headline that came up? Before Christian McCaffrey was no. Olivia Culpo can't wait for Christian McCaffrey reunion <laughs> as trade rumors swirl. I, I was not aware that he is dating a swimsuit, uh, co- Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover star who's oh, car- Emily yeah. who, hey, Mandola's ex. Right, who's currently overseas for par- Paris Fashion Week, and she can't wait to get back. Um, and and she says uh,
0: her guy is hot. Yeah, I mean, she he did well. He's done very well. She's
2: got to spend a lot of time with him because he's not on the field very often. <laughs> whatever so. the
0: list is, whatever category she falls into, good job,
2: Chris. I I thought I had never felt older
1: uh, than when I bruised my ribs sledding up at Big Bear a couple weeks yeah. ago, but actually that last little jag that I had about Olivia Colby <laughs> that made me <laughs> f- feel older. Colby, Copa,
4: Copo, Copo.
0: All right. In other news, the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, the salary caps quite large and rotund these days, but they, they the Cowboys are proof that you still can run into issues with the cap and they're working hard to try to get under the cap and prepare themselves for a new league year. So the news that came out over the weekend, I believe, was that the team is ready to part ways with Amari Cooper, actively seeking out a trade partner. Uh, so far, according to reports, that market's not so hot, by the way. So I don't know what that says about Amari Cooper or more about his price tag, which I believe is north of $20 million. Um, So they might end up releasing Cooper. They've also uh, restructured uh, contracts with drum roll, please. I wrote it down somewhere. I believe it is Dak. Dak Prescott, Zach Martin. Thank you. Dak Prescott and Zach Martin. Uh, to get under the cap, and they also – and we're going to get to all the players that are tagged, but Dalton Schultz, their tight end, also got tagged. So the Cowboys doing a lot of work restructuring with stars. I bet they wish they had some flexibility with Ezekiel Elliott, but that's (laughs) neither here nor there. Right. He's part of the reason they're in this
1: mess, but I'm surprised they're going to give up on Cooper. Cooper's essentially an ex-Cowboy at this point. It doesn't matter if he's traded or cut. I'm a little surprised that a team wouldn't give up a fifth-round pick or – Something to take on that contract, which doesn't seem that crazy. It's interesting two teams have soured on him. But the fact that they franchise tagged Dalton Schultz was really interesting, that they're picking Schultz, trying to bring Gallup back, get rid of Cooper, and then they asked DeMarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut, which is usually a sign that they're ready to cut you. And he, quote, politely declined, which I think was a smart move. That's the way to do it. Yeah, put You politely. Be decline. polite about it. He's amazing. What's kind of going on? I know he's set to earn $19 million, but like, he is the best player on the Cowboys over the last five years on balance, along with Dak Prescott, and is still playing at a really high level. So he should decline because when you get cut at this time of year, you're doing Lawrence or Cooper a favor. Cooper is going to do
2: better as a free agent than he would uh, <laughs> that he had with the Cowboys. They've well, talked about Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Blake Jarwin, his other guys who could take haircuts uh, to use a Danism. Right. No, that's industry jargon. Bro. That is. I mean, it's like they're the they trying to open it. up that cap money. And I, I just wonder with Amari Cooper, because Jerry Jones had, you know, some ill wor- words for him. During and after the season, maybe you know you, this is the second team that soured on him, and will it? Something willing to more going ways. on yeah. too that
1: he that he sees himself as a true number one. He came across pretty well, I thought, on Hard Knocks. I didn't.
2: There yeah. are whispers that the Lions um, are going to go hard after Ugh, wide receiver at like in free agency. So that's Do you but think like Amari you target, Cooper on the Lions. I don't nice like it at all. But, but just, I— you just know, keep they
1: Demarcus would. Lawrence and let someone else pay Randy Gregory if that's what it
0: comes down to. They're in sneaky cap hell. That's what it seems like.
1: Our guy, you know, Kyle Brandt, who's amazing on Good Morning Football, he was sick of all the the attention kind of that we all shower on the Cowboys week after week. But I got to say, they are the most interesting team just in terms of the players that are available and the moves they have to make this offseason. No other team has three guys that were in my top 30, and then now two more guys that they might be cutting that could be in my top 15 it's just they have more going on right now i I believe you, than any team in the
0: nfl you may recall greg last spring i had an impassioned monologue about being burnt yes. out on the cowboys <laughs> That's true. and it we've came, all been there yes we've, we've all been, been there, there and yeah. it's kyle's turn to be burned out but at least this year the cowboys are coming off being relevant uh even if the playoffs went off in embarrassing fashion for the erstwhile america's team
2: yeah, I don't, I don't consider them America's team, although they represent a lot of things that America seems to want to be represented mm. by at the moment. So. I had a
1: whole segment I was ready for on NFL Now uh, about the Cowboys, blown up
0: by Russell Wilson. Well, that's Nelson.
2: that's smart, Greg. You go to the <laughs> network and say, I want to talk Cowboys, they'll roll out the carpet for you to say whatever you feel.
0: Um, in other news, the Patriots, I don't – I you know, this one has got my – my radar pinging a little bit, Greg. That the Patriots have one of the best young cornerbacks in the league, and J.C. Jack- Jackson, a guy smack in the middle of his prime, and they don't you know, feel like it doesn't seem like they want to do business with him. They don't hit him with a franchise tag. It doesn't seem like there's any real conversations between player and team. So it looks like he's going to hit the open market. Someone's going to pay him a ton of money. And I'll say this as a, as a fan of a team that's gotten burned by a free agent. Deals for cornerbacks in the past. I'm always wary of them. Tremaine Johnson comes to mind. Darrell Rivas, part two, comes to mind. But at the same time, maybe there's something to be said for Belichick losing a little bit of the touch a little bit here. Doesn't this feel like somebody to keep in the building, Rosenthal? Well, this is very consistent with his
1: previous touch. You know, he likes nothing more than saying goodbye to great players that leave, and that annoys the Patriots fan base. Okay. Asante Samuel, very there. similar situation. Richard Seymour. It doesn't make sense to Malcolm me because this guy, Jason, JC Jackson's improved every single season of his career. He's he's had more interceptions since he entered the league than any other player in the entire NFL. He's up there in terms of historically the most interceptions in the first four years and he's become a complete corner. So, it surprises me they didn't want to tag him and he is going to be number 2 on the 101, the post tag 101 and uh I guess he's gone. You would love this article Dan in the Boston Sports Journal about other teams wondering what's going on in New England that they barely have anyone in their front office anymore and that they barely have any coaches like like right now, Joe Judge is working with quarterbacks and Patricia's going to do the offensive line and Belichick might be calling plays. What is going on?
2: They're, they're, They've had the, one of the smaller coaching staffs for years and years and they that was keep getting plucked, but it's like... Now it's a thing. Now I'll say it's a... Hey, here... And along
0: those similar lines, Bert Breer wrote for SI.com, and I did see this, Greg. I don't know if you saw this, that there was a general vibe um, at the Combine agents told him that they heard that the Patriots group might have been a bit disconnected with reality, was the quote. Uh, and the reason they were saying that is they were going and connecting with agents being like, listen, we're not going to pay you the, near the money you want your guy to have. But if the market creators come back to us, we'll give you a short, short-term short deal. And what's the disconnected from reality for the Patriots, according to some of these people, is that, yes, that logic was sound when you had Tom Brady And you were going to the Super Bowl every year, and it was Belichick and Brady. But now the teams that can say those things are like the Chiefs and like the Bills. It's not the Patriots anymore because the Patriots aren't special anymore. Uh, And that was a thing being buzzed about at the uh, combine.
2: I mean, the only thing is that last offseason they went wild. And there was money being spent. But, uh, you know, maybe if you've been in a certain mindset for 20-plus years, Mind. it's taking you a little bit of time to shake into what would be reality, and they're in a very different one. Right. One moment. of the reasons they can't spend
1: is because they have, like, $11 million guaranteed for Jonu Smith this year, who oh. they would love to not have
2: on their
0: roster, and yet they don't have a It's almost really like you shouldn't choice. have paid a ton of money for two tight ends in the same free agent. Right, but they got
1: right, one right, and they yeah. got a lot right in in those free agent moves. They were aggressive. They have a new – GM, director of player personnel, Matt Gro, Al Groh's son, who's been in college scouting. That's a big jump to go from college to suddenly, like, you're kind of the GM. It's basically Belichick. They cut Kyle Van Noy. They're probably not bringing back Dante to Hightower. Devin McCourty might not be back. Like, it is going to be a very different looking. Reportedly
0: interested team. in Robbie Anderson. I don't know if that guy's the solution to your wide receiver. Does he vibe group, Patriot
2: but... way from what we know they about Robbie use Anderson? Speed.
0: I like that. Yeah. Uh, Matt rule you
1: you know you always say like Bill Parcells
2: Bill Belichick, they're my heroes. I like watch the Giants team.
1: Hey, how about you uh real uh, you know live out a real life like uh dream and trade with one of them? you know, just give us Robbie Anderson <laughs> for nothing.
0: he didn't uh, he I think played seventeen <laughs> games last year and didn't have a one hundred yard game, but he had maybe i mean there were issues there, yeah. All right, uh, finally, time for franchise tag news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build a team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. Here are the players that were tagged, and the boys, help me out if I'm missing anyone here. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin, Chiefs tackle Orlando Brown, Bengals cornerback Jesse Bates, tight end run here, Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys, Mike Gisecki of the Dolphins, David Njoku of the Brownies and tackle Cam Robinson of the Jaguars. Anything jump out to you there, Godwin? By the way, they were trying to hammer out a long-term deal uh, right up to the deadline today, but it didn't happen. But he is not going anywhere. He'll be back with the Bucks, whoever the quarterback
2: is. The tight end signing, the tight end t- tags to me makes sense. It's they're under 11 million, and, and Dalton Schultz. I like them keeping him I, if you're Mike McDaniel and you're going to bring a Niners type offense the tight end position matters Mike Kosicki has been a valuable piece for them Najoku I don't totally I, I think they <laughs> he's were gonna, the worst player that were, was
1: franchised they were, gonna do, they were going to do they
2: were going to keep I think they wanted to keep him but they if they do and there's reports that they want to keep him and Hooper and that puts you about 25 millions into those two tight ends which I think the ultimate move is they probably cut Hooper after the June 1 designation cuz otherwise he's got a ton of dead money attached to him mm. or try to trade him you could do that now, though. You
1: get the money later if you don't want I them. don't know
2: how much like interest there is. See but. how it goes. No
1: big surprises. Five of the top ten in the 101 are gone. I think the biggest surprise is that J.C. Jackson didn't get tagged. And then the Saints you know, have Marcus Williams, their safety, who they love, and Teron Armstead. And because of their cap situation, at least partly, they didn't tag either one of them. Would have been a second straight tag for Williams, so you got to pay more, and that's a lot for a safety. But Bring all those guys Robert Sala. A little Let's bit of a business. risk. Armstead will be number one on the 101. Someone's going to pay him huge. And Williams, there's a lot of great safeties out there, but he's he's right at the top of the list.
0: Mark, do you want to feel old? Why not? I'll feel old as well. Don't okay. worry. When we, um, the salary cap was set officially at $208.2 million per team. Uh, you and I started at this company in 2010. That was an uncapped year when the owners opted out of the CBA. 2011, the first year we were at the company with a salary cap, it was $120.4 Well,
2: it tells you that, you know, football— <laughs> $70 million <laughs> higher now. Football is a money magnet. None of it has trickled down to us, um, but it has gone Trickle elsewhere. Trickle-down e- economics have not
0: included inside these walls, necessarily. <laughs> Greg? You take it from there. Uh, I don't know what to say about all this.
1: I mean, I I would never have expected it to to trickle down that salary cap.
0: That was franchise tag news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. All right, let's Carlton take- Davis,
1: a free agent, by the way, because they couldn't sign Godwin. I think that's why they were trying so hard so that they could tag Davis and sign Godwin, and now Davis is going to be making a lot of money. Ryan Ryan
2: Jensen, they have two, like, super high-paid wide receivers and no quarterback. Ba-ba-bang. Before we uh, take a break, let's hit 8 o'clock to light.
0: Mike Williams gets paid by the Chargers. It's a three-year, $60 million contract, Mark. you like the deal. Williams is a field stretcher, playmaker.
2: Absolutely. He was a tag candidate. You don't f*** with Justin Herbert. Oh, whoa, look whoa. at this guy. That,
0: oh. that was surprising. He's got some buzz and some heat. Matt Stafford could get up to $45 million a year. Uh, Greg, is that too rich for the... Super Bowl it's champion. It's just what it's
1: going to be for all the quarterbacks. It's what Russell Wilson is going to make, too, very soon, um, by the way.
0: Yes, win a Super Bowl, folks. It will get you a raise. Brian Greasy is going from the Monday Night Football booth to the 49ers joining their coaching staff. Tough sit for the old m team.
2: Well, they never seem to be in the winning column um, from a point of public perception, but Greasy and Shanahan are old friends, and I know that uh, – Reggie has a theory around this well, he,
1: he was a teammate of Tom Brady's at Michigan. Oh, it's like, oh, hey, by the way, you, you probably don't feel good about your current job if you're willing to take a 700% pay cut to go become a quarterback coach, like,
0: for a much harder <laughs> job. Hold off on those sandwiches. Tommy's coming back, baby. Von Miller, he said he wants to go back to Denver, uh, potentially. And he will now, because Russell Wilson's quarterback. And Jack Doyle retires. Really nice work in my career for the tight end out of Indiana, originally nine years with the Colts, I believe.
2: The rest of that tight end group in Indianapolis right now has about 32 catches for like 180 yards, combined between six people. A lot of tight ends uh, in free agency. Mo Alley-Cox,
1: Ingram, Gronk, O.J. Howard, Ertz, Jared Cook. There's, there's some
2: Uzama. Gronk and Carson right? Wentz. I don't, I don't yeah, love the, uh, the sound of that tandem.
0: All right, there you go. There is a very beefy news, one of the beefiest news conversations in the history of the show. Let's take a break and then let's turn our attention uh, to a postmortem on the combine with the great Nick Shook. Uh oh. Is it. Oh my God. Is that Nick Shook's music? Let's welcome him in. The man, the myth, the legend from Cleveland, Ohio. The pipe. He's known by some to all the rest. Mr. Nick Shook. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast, buddy.
4: Hey, guys, how are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm standing right now in case you couldn't tell because, you know, standing desks are good for your health and <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> well, you're a mountain. You're a mountain of
0: a man. So like some people you can't tell.
1: I mean, you were in that same room with all the bench press guys at the combine. Did anyone ask the pipe for for any advice? How to well, up considering
4: <laughs> considering like on receiver day and a few other days, 75 percent of guys just said they were willingly not benching and they were going to bench at their pro day. No, no, was there. It, so. and, and, you know, we've been trying to figure this out for two years now. Why did Shook go from NFL dot
0: com to a dream job for his boyhood team? The Browns pivot back to NFL dot com. You know, you could start reading between the lines that the Browns weren't comfortable with Shook being more impressive physically than anyone on the team
4: that checks out. I mean, I can't confirm or deny that, but that plays.
2: All right,
0: here we go, Shook. Uh, you did it. You've done it, Nick. You're a rising star at the media, NFL media, and you have the 2022 All-Combine team, which is great IP. Great IP. I, you know, like when I went and I got the power rings, you know what I said? I'm getting the power rings because I know what it is. It's great IP. Who cares who's writing it, but you want to be the one writing it because then that leads to opportunity. All Combine team, I mean, that's Mark's IP. His eyes I mean, right it's now. just
2: like that actually happened on our show, but okay. Keep going.
0: All right, Mark, hang in there, buddy.
2: <laughs> so you have the
0: All Combine team. Listen, Mark, I've talked to you about this before. You can grab some IP, there's IP to be had out there.
2: I think the issue is a raging sense of apathy, um, you know, burning inside of me towards written stuff on our site. I, I applaud Personal foul.
0: To You're gonna rough yourself if somebody hears that upstairs.
2: Well, come come get me.
0: All right, here we go. Shook, you do, you did it. The all-combine team. You broke it down. You were an indie, and you have what looks to be a very interesting group of college prospects. I guess let's start at the quarterback position where you had to make a decision. Who is the all combine quarterback? A lot of people are into this Malik Willis fellow uh, from Liberty, especially after his incident after outside St. Elmo, where he helped the vagrant man uh, with some clothing. That was very nice. That was Malik Willis, correct? Yes, it was. Nailed it. Correct.
4: Nailed it. But you have Kenny Pickett as your guy, even though he has those tiny, tiny
0: doll hands.
4: Yeah, the, 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 the tiny hands that dominated the conversation about him leading up to his workout and his measurement. Uh, tied with some of the smallest hands uh, probably the last 15 years. Eight and a half inches was was the measurement. Uh, But, you know, he put that to the side when he got on the field. And and a lot of this team, I think, is built on a combination of measurements using the next-gen stats uh, overall draft score, which takes in production in college and also measurements, gives them an aggregate score. And uh, and then also, really, for me, it's the on-field workout, you know, sitting up there in in Lucas Oil Stadium and kind of seeing if guys will separate themselves with their play. And, And Kenny Pickett... Didn't necessarily look like a, an elite quarterback of the future, but what he was was calm, composed, consistently accurate, looked like he was mentally ready for the moment and did a good job. He did everything you really expected of him and, and asked of him. He didn't wow you with a massive arm or anything, but he hit throws of significant distance with accuracy, and he never looked like the, the situation was too high pressure for him. So that's why he ended up on my list. It's not the best quarterback class. We already know this. Malik Willis ended up being an honorable mention of my group, but uh, I liked what I saw enough out of Kenny Pickett to see him get drafted Somewhere in the first round, just certainly not somebody I would necessarily trade up to the top three to select.
2: But, Shook, I, I'm trying to think if I watched anything that drew more audible gas from the Lucas Oil Stadium crowd than Malik Willis' deep shots downfield.
4: Yeah, and, and he had Chris Olave out there to, ch- to chase them down, which I think... The gasps were about 60% Olave, 40% Willis. Look, everybody loves the deep ball, right? And and it looks good on TV, and it looks good to everybody sitting in the stands. And and when it's completed, it's very pretty, you know? Big arm, big opportunity for him to show off that arm. Uh, There are some other questions that he's got to answer. I think a team's going to try to – maybe potentially be seen as a reach when they take him, but the physical tools are there. It's just a matter of consistency for him and experience somebody that maybe you put on the bench in year one. And eventually he ends up being a productive player and we could all be wrong uh, a few years from now and be like, why didn't that guy go number one overall or number two, wherever. Um, But right now, you know, that's all we really have. Anybody curious, by the way, uh, who has the smallest hands in the current NFL landscape
0: amongst starting quarterbacks? Go ahead. Goff. Goff's not big. He's Burrow. nine. He's tied with Tannehill and Burrow. The smallest hands. He's kind of a fringy starter. But Taysom Hill at eight and three quarters inches. So he's hmm. he's bigger. So Pickett but that, go, that pick trailed it. Burrow
1: though all but last Pickett year But Pickett played too. in Pittsburgh. That's the thing. Is like in theory that the only time that this would really be a factor is like bad weather games or rainy games. Like he, you know who has played the biggest Pittsburgh hands
0: amongst any starter?
2: I go uh, Lamar Jackson.
0: Ricky. Mister. Mister. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Denver Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. Nice. Ooh, quarterback. I
1: like that. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't buy that these quarterbacks are going to fall. And I know that we're, we're talking combine here. But it makes sense to me that Malik Willis would just, like, rear back and not worry about timing and just decide to throw the ball as far as he could just to, like, show off. Because that's, that's what sells. Like, every year I feel like if at this point in the process you just – did the over-unders in Vegas and said all the top quarterbacks are going to go higher than you expect, you would be a rich man right now. And Desmond Ritter, to me, seemed like he checked a lot of boxes. As a guy who improved a ton, was extremely athletic, he can play quarterback, everyone likes his leadership, and ultimately, like these three guys don't seem that different than other guys that get taken in the first round. They all feel like first-rounders, to
4: me, are, are close to it. Yeah, I put Ritter in, as my honorable mention, behind Malik Willis because I liked what I saw out of him. He, he had a couple accuracy issues, but for the most part, um, the size and everything, it all plays out, I and mean, it makes sense. It's just a matter of I don't know how much teams value him. He looked good to me. He didn't look great, but he looked good among other good quarterbacks. But you're
1: sitting in the crowd, though? You're you're not watching on TV. You're there? Um... yeah. Well, look at that.
4: That's, that's yeah. what it does. I'm telling oh, you. That. Oh, I'm in the suite, baby. The you know, fancy living.
0: You're at Lucas Oil. You're doing ground floor. Anyway. Hey, how about this? So the next gen stats draft score. You like that, by the way? You like the next gen draft score thing? Oh, yeah. You I into any next gen innovation. I know you do. That's a, That's <laughs> more IP Shooks. Listen, Mark.
2: That, Are you, you making these up on your own? No, they're. Oh, they're OK. They're, they're five five from eight. a computer. OK, Shook, you have. Correct me
0: if I'm wrong on NFL.com A next gen stats column as well, right? Uh yeah, during the season position power rankings, yes. Uh listen to that, Mark.
2: I have a column too. I just am ex- acknowledging total apathy towards Positional the Positional power
0: rankings with the next gen's high in.
2: Bang. I couldn't be Combi- I, all combine Shook, I couldn't be happier Bang. for what you're accomplishing, but that doesn't mean that it's what I care about on any level at this age in my life. What do you, what do? you care about? That's a whole different topic. <laughs> Why I mean we don't that's not has nothing <laughs> to do with the combine. Shooky, how about
0: this? So Uh, I saw you have there because I'm fascinated by this man. He's connected to the Jets a lot. Notre Dame safety, Kyle Hamilton. He had a 90 score, best among safeties. Maybe he didn't run as fast as some teams would have hoped, but overall, the guy's a complete package. And again, it's the tape that matters more than anything, and he was a star for the fight in Irish. But I want to focus on the running backs here uh, because you have a running back, Brees Hall, out of Iowa State. Uh, he posted a 99 next gen stat score. One of just six running backs to do that since next gen had a score. I think going back to 2003, I did reach out to shook privately on Texas said, who are the other running backs you met? Cause I read your excellent piece and you mentioned that there were five others, but you didn't have who they were, but here are the names. Najee Harris, first round pick, big time player with the Steelers last year, Travis ATN, who hasn't played yet, but a first round pick for the Jags, Saquon, Derek Henry, Reggie Bush. So, Is this guy, Brees Hall, I mean, it sounds like, based on his skill set, this could be an instant star. Is that how you feel about him?
4: Well, I think that his workout backed up what we saw on the tape, which is a three-down back. A guy that can get the job done on first and second down on the ground and can catch passes out of the backfield. He's got soft hands. And if you were concerned about his speed, it ran a 4.39.40. So everything's there. Total package in terms of measurables, workout, everything else. He did all of his pass-catching drills well. There was only one mistake. He ran a Texas route and, and uh, had a little bit of a stumble, came back and ran it a second time, and did it flawlessly. So everything that you expect from him, you saw him on the field. Uh, do everything well he's going to be the first running back off the board and he could be a fit for a team like the Jets there's I had four other teams listed there Miami being one since they need a, a guy that they can rely on on every down as well to jump start that running game but I think whatever team drafts him is going to be happy to have him he's going to be able to be a workhorse and a guy that can help you in every situation
2: I was very annoyed to see Traylon Burks not perform up to what uh, you know people thought he might he had a disappointing comment he gets he keeps getting put in the loser columns what's his background his
0: position in school
2: Wide receiver. He's Arkansas. He came out in like absolutely, he's the one that was wrestling pigs. Remember, we talked about oh, him with yeah, with yeah, Lance yeah. Zeerling. But you do like Sky Moore, who is, you know, maybe coming a little bit more of a dark horse I candidate. School, I lost to a girl in wrestling. <laughs> that is not current.
4: Shook, your comments on Sky Moore. I know you put him in your honorables. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, you know, I, I agree with the sentiment on Burks. I thought I wanted him to come out and actually do some uh, some eye popping things in the workout and he just didn't, he didn't really stand out to me, but Sky Moore certainly did. This is a guy who dominated in the mid American conference in the passing game for Western Michigan. And you always think mid major football does that translate? Well, then you put him on the field with guys from power five schools and he stood out. He was smooth. He was under control. He did everything. Correct. Caught passes in every depth and every situation Flashed the ability to make a highlight play. I think he's a guy that doesn't last past round two and whoever drafts him is going to be really happy to have him and play a variety of roles. Uh, Uh, And going to be the latest Mac product, I think, about a guy like Deontay Johnson, who, if he could get his hands together, would be even more productive than he already is. Uh, Mac continues to produce guys like that, and I think he's just the latest in that group. I love guys like that who are just so smooth and and can run – like, that
1: seems to translate better. And I love guys that Steve Smith loves. He he was so high on DJ Moore when DJ Moore was coming out even before he was on the Panthers. He was loving Sky Moore. He he feels like he has a very good feel of receivers that were somewhat like Steve Smith that can excel and he was loving Sky Moore uh on the coverage. Just like a overarching question Very Nick. into Dudley Moore, if <laughs> you talk to Steve Smith about <laughs>
0: cinema. Mm hmm.
1: I, I'm a big fan. Under-sized of, actor. I'm a big fan of Steve Smith. We I ran into him when I had my kids with me, uh, bringing them to the NFL Experience. Right. And I don't know Steve Smith very well, but he's, he just like went out of his way to say something nice about me to my kids. Even though I mean, who knows? What did he, he say? Yeah. What what he the comments? just how I do it. I, I do a great job on TV. Like they should put him on more and stuff like that. Why I, is I, this I, on our show? Right. I don't know, but I just. <laughs> He just seems like a nice human because who knows if he even um, has ever seen me or whatever, That's but nice. he was just trying to hook me up in front of my kids. No, that they didn't, was good. They that didn't that really checks care. out as authentic. They didn't really care. Class act. I, I thought these defensive edge players and defensive tackles all were so insane, Nick, <laughs> that like you're looking at these mocks and it feels like anyone could go anywhere and that more than most years, no one knows anything. And then there's a lot of copycatting going on with these mocks in general. But guys like Jermaine Johnson or guys like Trevon Walker from Georgia who blew up the combine uh, but maybe didn't get as much attention because Jordan Davis did it on the same day, but he's probably not going as high as him. It's like you could shake up this top five or six between the edge rushers and the tackles. It seems like it'd go in any direction, including the number one pick with the Jaguars who just tagged Cam Robinson, their tackle. So maybe that's an edge player. Like how many different players do you think could get taken number one after all these players showed out?
4: I think it's probably one of three guys. It's either hmm. uh, Iki Iquanwu, um, uh, the, the kid out of Alabama, the tackle as well, and then uh, and probably Aiden Hutchinson. Honestly um, – But why Hutchinson couldn't it be
1: guess- J- like Jermaine Johnson or Trevon Walker and someone just like falls in love? Doesn't it feel like there's like some huge gap between all these dudes?
4: Well, yeah, I feel like that throughout the top 10. I think it, go, it could go a number of different ways, um, which I think is why these mocks are going to be all over the place as we get closer to the draft. You know, Trevon Walker, you want to use one descriptive term. For him, it's athletic. I mean, the, the guy is an athletic freak. He was he, he stood out in the drills for that reason. He, went through, he ran the hoop, you know, the, the, the drill that tests kind of your ability to get around the edge and, and your bend. It looked like he was at a 45-degree angle throughout the entire thing and did it with ease. I was stunned by that. He just really stood out there. And then uh, you talk about, you know, guys like even Jordan Davis, but, uh, you know, on the defensive interior, but Jermaine Johnson, I think is another one what stood out to me in the drills was his power. You know, he's, he's under control. This is a guy who could not crack the starting lineup consistently at Georgia transfers to Florida state and becomes a stud and makes question, you know, makes teams raise their eyebrow. Well, why only one year? He said during his interview, lack of snaps, maybe not the best fit. I go to Florida state. I find a home and I want to be feared at the next level. The guys he models himself after, guys like Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. Why? Because they're feared, and that's what I want to be. He believes in himself. He thinks he's the best edge rusher in this draft. So I guess it wouldn't be a massive surprise if he ended up being the first one off the board. But again, you know, with the copycatting, it's all Aiden Hutchinson. A guy who, I mean, he's there in terms of frame, measured pretty well. Didn't quite stand out to me in the drills, but his strengths are technicality. He's he's got the full arsenal of pass rushing moves. He's got the experience from playing at Michigan. That's where he's going to succeed, and I think that's what makes it end up ends up making him probably a top two pick. I don't see him getting past Detroit, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any of these other guys go in the top five.
2: Well, I know the combine does this to these mock drafters, and I also noticed that Greg uh, complimented Steve Smith, complimenting him. But then about 14 seconds later, took the mock draft industry, and I don't disagree with this take, and shredded them person to person. But is there too much? (laughs) Is it just for our eyes that the combine results um, trigger these rise or fall among players? Because if you're a competent scouting staff, shouldn't it be like 95% tape and, you know, the combine's a nice cherry on top if you go in and do what we think you're going to do?
4: Yeah, I think that's typically what most scouts will say is that the tape is the proof. And a lot of players will say that, especially if they're not going to test well. They'll just be like, well, look at my tape. Check my tape. So what if I'm not working out? The proof is in the tape but there's a lot of value in the combine for guys who can elevate themselves and i think there were a few that did that this week as well some more confirming the under the judgment of them than others but there. i mean we see it every year where a guy just blows the doors off of everybody watching and suddenly they're way up high i think about john ross in that 40 time that he ran and where he ended up getting drafted now ultimately the tape kind of told us what we saw in the nfl which Ooh. is that he wasn't Ooh. a complete receiver but on the flip side a Thank lot you. of guys can make some money in indianapolis i
1: don't care like jordan days anyone that's anyone that's 340 pounds being able to like jump 11 feet, you should just put them on a football team and just do that every down. And then people will just get confused and that would be effective. It'll just stop. (laughs) It'll stop them.
0: Well, Shook, (laughs) you've said it all and make sure you check it out on NFL.com. Shook's breakdown is all combine team. And I'll say that uh, the next step for you, Shook, now that you have, You have the tie in with next gen stats during the season. You have your all combine team. Now we got to get you a tab on the mock draft uh, side of things because that's an important little step this time of year. You got to basically check the boxes for each season here at the media group.
4: Dan, do you have a background in, in law? Would, are you trying to be an agent here? Is that what you're doing here? You know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just
0: saying I see you as a rising star, and I want to make sure we maximize your considerable talents. My
2: goal for you is to gain 45 pounds of fat and then work your way out of it. Like, give yourself a physical challenge. Let yourself go into the deep dimensions and then come back as like a nice better – Nice Yeah.
4: Mark, I already did that when I was nineteen. I lost sixty pounds in the summer, so I've already done that. I'm but saying, Dan, I didn't know. You and and Dan,
1: he's never you know trained to be an agent, but he he has become an expert at climbing the corporate ladder by grabbing onto that IP. Don't don't worry about who you step on on the
4: way up. Kick them, kick well, them yeah. if they're hanging on. No, That's a just... real
2: lesson for the kids.
4: I'll close with two things here real quick. Yes. I-, I want you guys to pay attention to this name just because he jumped off the field for me. I know he's got some issues with tackling that ne- he needs to clean up in terms of form and everything else if you lead Lance- If you read Lance Zier- uh bio on him and his scouting uh, work on him, that's what he'll list. But there's a kid out of Nebraska, uh, uh, Cam Taylor. Let's see, I'm, I got my notes up right in front of me right now. Cam Taylor Britt. I think that that kid is going to end up being a stud at the next level. He has uh, no, no fear, no regard for his... Uh, physical well-being in, in terms of attacking ball carriers. Mm. He he was very explosive on the field. I really liked him. And the other sleeper, going back to the IP thing, the Flashpoint series, ATN flash Oh yeah, so, see that's it's,
2: that'll work. It's
0: back, Shook. Flashpoint.
4: Flashpoint. Oh my God. Is this supposed to be a Bob Seeger song? Shh. On a long
0: and lonesome highway. I can't tell you, Shook, how excited Greg is. So I'm you excited. are. Yeah. We're doing
1: an extra show this week just so it didn't feel like we were shoehorning Flashpoint into another show.
0: <laughs> that, I mean, the excitement is, it I just, I could feel it bubbling off Greg and Shook. Obviously, you're part of that group too. So don't worry, it's back this week after a uh, one week hiatus.
1: Fantastic. And then, and then it's going back on hiatus next week because, well, you know, we, we could well, save we'll it. That we that have comes. a long, dead, like, three-month period we could save
0: these things for. Yeah, but this is when you plant the seeds of a successful series. That's there, there
2: is That's a lot of call. unrest in our world, but Flashpoints is returning this week to the show.
1: You want to hit the false seven? this is This is like one? debuting The Voice after the Super Bowl, you know?
0: <laughs> Flashpoint! And by the way... Shooky, it's on the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield this week with Tony Grossi, a uh, longtime scribe in that region.
4: Oh, tell Tony I said hello. I saw him last week.
0: Look at that. I mean, the guy's an industry leader at this point. Shook. Later, buddy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you.
0: <laughs> all right. Yes, it's back. It's back. And it's coming back tomorrow. That's where we end uh, today's show. A mega, a mega edition of the Around the NFL podcast where we hit all the big stories Uh, promoted uh, the um, Flashpoint series, and uh, learned a little bit about Mark Sessler and his career aspirations. Uh, Anything else to (laughs) share before we say goodbye?
2: From me? I think I've said probably, once again, too much, uh, depending on who's listening to the show, so nothing more from me.
0: And yes, there is some tension, Greg, uh, with the entire group and Erica, with the Cancun revelation, but... I don't have any tension about that.
2: That's part of the problem. Right, is that you created some tension. No, you kept. You kept. He
1: kept going back to me. He's like, "Well, we got to move on. Uh, Greg's getting sick of this topic." And like, I hadn't had any thought about. I was kind of enjoying the the back and forth, the fun. (laughs) fun. Just because I'm silent doesn't mean.
0: I know you hate this Greg because like you don't know what's ever going on in my head. I know you Greg. I've been working with But you a in long this time particular now.
1: case I was just like I sitting there sort of just enjoying it and you're like Greg's got to got to have us move on. It's, I'm going to tell you if you got it wrong. You got it wrong.
0: <laughs> you do you don't like the Flashpoint series though. I got that right. I mean, I don't mind it.
1: I don't you're not in love with week. it. I mean, it's not a love uh, connection. It just feels like, you know, Baker's not, um, not on on top of like you know, people's tongues in the. Well, in the let's NFL. see what happens over the next Ooh. 24 Gross. hours. Actually, we do have. We're uh, tastemakers, though, Greg. We put it on the tongues. We we do uh, have a quote from Baker Mayfield, though, that could be just like a little bit of a tease for the Ooh. Flashpoint series. Uh, Ricky has
0: hey, it right Ricky. now. <laughs> he seems to be happy in his marriage. He's doing all those dopey commercials with the wife, right, Mark?
2: He's doing the commercials with her. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't know. You know. Again, I feel like it's time for me to stop talking, and we need to go.
0: All right. Uh, thank you, to everybody, for listening. Yes, a big show, a big week for the show. We have um, three episodes back to back to back as we ramp up towards the new league year and free agency, and then the television show return another show back from hiatus. You ran the NFL broadcast on Friday. Check your local listings. Okay, let's go. Ricky, no matter what, by the way, my frustrations about the Cancun trip. Yeah. I love you.
3: No, they're warranted completely. Right. Like, yeah.
0: I love you. I love and Graver's gonna do a great job. But you you know, I love you. Heed the call. <laughs>